I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, guys. So we've had a lot of requests recently for solo episodes, um, which, you know, to be fair, we thought we would start a podcast, but we didn't actually think that we would be divulging our life stories. But it seems that you guys want to hear, and I would too. So in today's episode, it will just be Jasmine and I, and we've had a really big couple of months that we are going to share. We're just going to like shoot the shit like we do when we're having lunch together. We're going to talk about some of our major life updates. And so with that, welcome to What's the Point featuring just Jasmine and Annabelle. (laughs) Hey, Jazz. Our solo episode. So just to let everyone know, I had a baby girl. I was pregnant in our last episodes. Um, So if you hear a baby screaming upstairs for the podcast into the future right now. That's because Gemma Greenwald was born on May 4th. It has been a massive shift, but is also one of the most surreal, purest forms of joy and fulfillment I've ever felt, which is very interesting to be recording a podcast about fulfillment and constantly chasing fulfillment. And then I have this child and all of a sudden I'm just very content in myself and in my being and just being home with my husband and my daughter. And and that's the most fulfilled I've ever been. So it's so interesting how this little human can make such a big shift. Like I've been doing the inner work for years and then she comes into this world and it's all like, wow, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been experiencing. I know Jasmine's had a lot going on too. So let's hear it, Jazz. <laughs> well, my boyfriend slash ex-boyfriend that I keep like talking about and then not talking about or whatever, like he's within the episodes is either boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, but now he's still my boyfriend. <laughs> um, we broke up in February, right around Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think it was actually on Valentine's Day because I remember Jasmine crying on Valentine's Day. When yeah, we it was pretty brutal. I think we had like three podcast recordings that day. So that was hard. But yeah, so we broke up. We had a pretty volatile breakup, I would say. And I would say that's pretty common knowledge. 
or common knowledge, at least within my friends, because something I learned, a very difficult lesson is you really should not divulge everything (laughs) to your friends unless you know there's like unconditional support. I think I am very lucky. I have incredible friends and an incredible community and I have many friends. And I think something I learned, I learned so much from getting back together with my boyfriend, which is honestly really funny because I learned a lot about myself in relationships, like including friendships. So not just in romantic relationships, but sort of like how I deal with heartbreak and learning to self-soothe and knowing kind of like who to go to about what and navigating, quite frankly, feeling really judged. But then it's kind of like a monster of your own making because you're the one that's divulged all of that information. So, and then bringing him back into the mix and obviously people for, which I totally get, have like their own opinions on what you should do or based on what they know. And like, I think ultimately this is a very universal experience when you go through something with someone, whether that's a friend, a family member, a partner, and then your friends know and they love you. Like you're not only welcoming their support, you're welcoming their judgment in a way. And that's good and bad, right? So I think that it can be really good because it can be very, like sometimes you need someone to hold you accountable for things like Annabelle's pretty cutthroat with me and we'll like go to lunch and she'll be ask me to have questions. And I think that's really good and healthy. And I know there's a level of like, there's never going to be, I guess, like permanent judgment. Like I know that you're malleable in your thinking. And so that's also helpful. So I'm not worried that whatever I say will be used against me later. Not used against me, but like, I don't know, hard to explain. It's a load. Point is, is that a lot of people judge others. And I think so often I do too, but when you take a second, when it happens to you and you take a second and step back and be the recipient of the judgment, I think it also impacts how we don't judge in the future as well. hundred percent. Like, I think it really made me question, like I have a friend going through a pretty big breakup because it was uh, engagement. And I feel like, I feel like I've always been pretty like good about not judging and not holding grudges, et cetera. However, it did completely shift the way I showed up because I knew at that point what I would need or want. And I think especially when it comes to matters of the heart, it's so nuanced and it's so complicated. And and you really just want to make sure your friend feels like they're unconditionally there for you, no matter what that choice is. And it just definitely taught me a lot about privacy and like choosing what to divulge to who and knowing like, because I think ultimately I can at least speak, I hope for my friends and my community, it all comes from love. But I do think sometimes like, like if anything, I'm like, oh, I am such an open book. I think people feel comfortable talking about my business because I'm so open instead of like, holding that secret. I also think though, when people judge, and I know that when I judge is coming from a place of my own insecurity, it has nothing to do with what I'm judging that yeah, person for. That's true. And there's judgment from anywhere. Like I felt like in the mom community, there's a lot of judgment too, whether you decide to breastfeed or whether you decide formula, um, whether you decide to send your kids to this school or that school, there's a lot of judgment always. And it's just about being more secure with yourself. And if you can kind of cut out the noise and tune into yourself, 
um, then it's much easier to tune out the judgment. But I also think it's healthy to experience judgment in your life because then it makes you look hard at yourself and be like, yeah. where am I judging? This is so a reflection. True. It's a mirror of ourselves. It's so true. And like to your point, especially with like mommy shaming, I think there's just so much everyone just has opinions, you know, and that's for better or for worse. So do I, so do you, you know, I think that's just normal and it's human nature. And per what we recorded earlier in a podcast with Nicole Bruno, formerly Kogan, no bread. It is interesting because everyone desires to be loved differently. And even within friendships and even within communities, like your mom community. So it's like, It's hard to navigate what people need at the time, but I do think when you experience feeling really like in my case, I felt pretty alone and pretty like ashamed, I would say. And I think that's a pretty, from what I've heard from my mom friends, like universal experience, like the shame and judgment of like, if I choose this route or how I parent or sleep training or whatever it is. I think especially as a woman, you'd probably internalize that as like, what kind of mother am I? What kind of you yeah. know, example in my setting and I haven't obviously had a kid, so I don't know, but I'm from what everyone, you know, including you have shared with me. And so I think it is actually a really beautiful moment to reflect on not only how you might judge others and how to reel yourself in if you're ever doing that, but how you judge yourself. Like I think in my experience with this breakup, I was so hurt by what I think was meant to be like protection. It just felt like punishment. But ultimately I think what like completely shifted me out of that energy was being like, wait a second, these people love me and how they're showing up is a reflection of them. But how I'm showing up is a reflection of me and how I was showing up was scared, hard on myself, critical of myself, critical of Chris when we got back together because I was unsure. So was he which is, I also think another big lesson from this breakup was like, we got back together. And I think there was like a steaminess and excitement around that, but there was also a lot of work to be done that we hadn't really done. We kind of just bypassed because we were excited to be back together. And that's a note to self and anyone listening that like, just to make sure that you're like going back in and being like, wait, there was a reason like we got to that point and we need to kind of repave our foundation which brings me to probably the third thing that I was going to divulge about this breakup, which was really enlightening is my boyfriend is actually now in England and he's been stuck there because of visa stuff and he's about to be home, but I have to go out there for a wedding. So we're sort of like, what's the point? What's the deal right now? And oddly, like, I think it's the space we didn't know we needed because as hard as it's been and it's eight hours and the time difference sucks and all that, It's like we stopped. I think this is such a natural thing that happens in relationships when you're not treating yourself well and when you're not encouraging yourself and you're not being kind to yourself, you end up or you can end up blaming your partner or the people around you or your family or your parents, whoever it is, for the things that aren't going your way in life. And I think Chris and I both did that for a little, like we were both like so revved up from like the breakup and then getting back together and this and that. And and I think we were subconsciously doing that. And now we're apart and like almost have this time to really take care of ourselves. So when we do chat and when we are on the phone, because it is, you know, few and far between because of the time difference, it's 
more intentional. It's more intentional. And we are two complete people who are taking care of ourselves versus like two inner children, like deflecting blame on each other. And I think that has been such an incredible lesson and blessing. And it goes hand in hand with the lesson around like friendship and community and judgment and all that, because I think ultimately like no one can make you feel something that you don't already feel about yourself. And I think like it reflected back to me a lot of like my insecurities and pain points. And I, since then have been reading this incredible book called Big You, Little You, which is life-changing. And it's just a very simple exercise of like catering to your inner child. So like when that voice comes and tugs your shirt and is like, but what about this? And that person did that. And that person did that to me. You can actually go in and, and soothe that part of yourself so that when you do come back out into the world and want to communicate to a friend, a partner, or a parent, whoever it is, a loved one, that you need something from them. It's from your adult self. Yeah. Not your It's so interesting self. because you're talking about this like inner child and now I have a child upstairs, right? And it's like everything that we're saying right now is like being imprinted in her mind. And you're saying about self-soothing and I'm like trying to teach Gemma how to self-soothe with her hand first so that she could do it on her own. So she doesn't need to cry to get her attention. And when you just realize how innocent and pure these children are, it makes you have so much more compassion for your own inner child that's struggling inside of you. Because in the end of the day, they just want love. That's all they want. They want their needs to be taken care of and they want love. So if they're yelling and they just want to be held, that's just them wanting love. It's not something to get mad at. Sometimes I have to catch myself being like, oh, I just need to send this email. And she's like yelling, but it's like, she just wants love. And it's so innocent. It's like the, it's such a pure request. Oh, yeah. It's not even like a request. It's just like, need. I, don't, it's yeah, it's like need. I don't even know how to explain it, but I think it's taught me a lot about having compassion for others, but mostly myself to your point, Jazz. It's like, we're so hard on ourselves and each and every one of us has this inner child within us that is just craving the love. And that's yeah. it. It's and all it wants. Actually, another update I completely forgot about that we didn't even really recap like right before this is I did an MDMA journey. Oh yeah. In May, which was incredible. And I can confidently say one of the best experiences of my life. And I did it with a therapist who I very much trusted. And we did integration, we did the journey, and then we did um, post. And something that I spoke a lot to her about, because a lot of what I saw in my journey was people I love as children. So some of my closest friends since I was 12, some of my mom, my dad, my, like, I literally saw all of these people I loved as children. And that's how the journey opened. And it was such a good reminder of like, people really want to be seen. There's an inner child in all of us that needs a little bit of extra TLC. And it's such a pure need. And sometimes it can like be so convoluted and turn into these like ugly monstrous insecurities when we don't tend to them. But it is so, it starts with Gemma. Like it starts with this like tiny little beautiful thing. And I think like that's something that the therapist I did the journey with actually when I, we kind of went over and post the meaning of seeing people as children, seeing your own inner child is that she brought up this burning man um, <laughs> installation, which I guess is like two adults sitting back to back away from each other. And then two little kids inside of them, like looking to connect. And I think that's so true. And 
that's also why I've been carrying around. It's like funny, but this little picture of myself that I found and I was like, I'm just going to put this in my bag. And like, cause I think it's a good reminder, like not only for your, well, first of all, you also in taking care of yourself, which we've talked a lot about on the podcast and off the podcast, you are better able to take care of others, including your own child. Right. So I think in catering to those very innocent, pure needs within yourself, and like that extra love and resolve and compassion, you're able to show up better for the people in your life. So I think it's just a good reminder of like, that's what everyone's going through. Every single person on this planet, doesn't matter how old or how young, like there's something in there and doesn't matter how perfect, you know, it's fallacy. Your childhood is like, there is a part there's of you, always there's something. always going to be an unmet need and learning to give that to yourself first so that you don't come into the world with such scarcity and anger and blame and deflection is like a really powerful tool that has really helped me. Yeah. I think there's so much you can learn from your inner child and going through now experiencing an actual child. The amount of stuff that I am uncovering about myself every single day is wild. Like the amount of stuff that she is teaching me that, you know, I could spend years and years in therapy that they will never uncover. She will bring them to the surface like right away. Right. Like, I mean, from the beginning, like I had a C-section, which was definitely not part of my birth plan. I thought it was going to be easy breezy and my whole birth pregnancy, everything, even like my beginning of labor felt so easeful until, you know, I was pushing for five hours and her heart rate dropped twice and I had to have a C-section to get her out so that she will still be here today. And first of all, I carried a lot of shame with that. I did a lot of like therapy post once I had, you know, was out of the weeds. I did a lot of therapy after trying to understand where this is coming from. And really, I think inherently it's coming from society saying, you know, natural is better. Oh, the amniotic fluids that you get with a vaginal birth are like better for the child. And being in this like wellness community of LA, I remember when I first saw this like naturopath, the first thing they asked me was like, were you a vaginal birth or a C-section? And I said vaginal and they were like, okay, good, right? Like your gut is better. And I'm like, oh, wow, I did such a disservice for my child that I had a C-section and I had all this guilt and shame wrapped in it. And my therapist said something that really stuck with me. But before I spoke to her, my husband said something too that stuck with me. I was telling him that I felt shame and he looked at me. He's like, what's the problem, Annabelle? Like you saved her life. And for me, I didn't think about it like that. I thought about it as me doing her disservice. Whereas he thought about it was like her heart rate dropped, you got cut open, you saved her life. And then my therapist said to me, would you do anything for your daughter? I was like, yes, of course I would do anything. She's like, would you get run over by a bus? Would you get this? Would you do this? And I'm like, of course I would do anything. And she was like, so many moms tell their kids that they would do anything for them. But what you did is you showed her the second she was born, you showed her that you would sacrifice your body, your beliefs, your values, like about drugs and all these things that you would have to take so that she could come into this world. And you showed her right away that you would do anything for her. And so I think part of what I'm doing now is this like reframe so that I no longer feel the shame and instead replace it with like pride that, you know, I'm showing my daughter how much I love her from day one. And I was doing, you know, trying to save her life from day one too. So I think in motherhood too, and what I found ever since she was born, that there's always going to be this guilt and shame and judgment from either from yourself or from people around you. 
And I think at first, especially when you just give birth, you're so in the weeds that you don't even like, at least for me, like I didn't have like my gut connection ready. Like I wasn't in touch with myself because I was just in a whirlwind and my hormones were going crazy that anytime anyone said something, it would like trigger me. Or if like this person was like already touring preschools, like I must go tour preschools when my kid is three weeks old because I have to like, no, that doesn't make sense for me. That's just, (laughs) for me, there's no point in doing that. Right. But I think it's very easy to get caught up with the noise when you're not in touch with yourself. So a lot of what I've been doing now, and I'm 13 weeks postpartum, Gemma's 13 weeks is getting back in touch with myself. And sometimes that looks like very unglamorous. And sometimes I do that and not spend time with Gemma, which has been hard for me. So for example, in the mornings, like I wanted to be with her the whole morning after I feed her. And, but then I would have no time to, you know, get my meditation in and my workout in. So my husband takes her for an hour and does playtime and I'm going to do my workout. But then I'm like, well, I don't want to do my workout. I want to be part of playtime and like be part of that. Cause she's all smiling and laughing and I feel guilty doing my workout. But then it's like, to Jasmine's point earlier, if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't show up as the best mom, but it's constantly this like guilt, like balancing act of like, okay, well, I'm going to have to put myself first now and get that workout and meditation in so that I can be a better mom to her. Even if I miss all the giggles and all the like fun stuff she's having during playtime with her dad. So I think every day is a new learning experience for me and I definitely don't have it mastered, but I am uncovering so many things about myself that I never knew were there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's really beautiful. And I think that reframe that Aaron gave you is so powerful. I think like, it's so funny. I feel like you said, mentioned the thing about noise. And I think what I'm even learning by saying this right now is there is no louder and worse and more distracting noise than the noise of like your own shit. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You know, like for so many months I was like, oh, like my friends are gossiping about me. They're judging me. They're this, they're that. And like, whether that's true or not, it might be, but like nothing was more painful and more harmful to me than the way I was treating myself because of that or like because of what I felt. And like the more you get comfortable in your decision of like, I don't want or I had to have a C-section or I don't want to tour preschool or I don't have to do this. Like I think the more the rest falls away. And I actually said this to Chris yesterday. I was like, 
It is crazy how much more energy and headspace negative thinking and fearful thinking takes up, like Mm -hmm. literal space. Whereas you don't even have the room to like be a more thoughtful person, to do the things that you like, to have creative solutions. Like it literally frees up space to just tend to that first and foremost to yourself. And per what our coach Cynthia says, like, how someone is acting or what judgment they have is completely a reflection of them. And it has nothing to do with you. It's not personal and vice versa. Like what you're creating and what you're, that noise is all just a reflection of you. Yeah. And like the recipe for disaster is combining the two. Cause you're like, I'm thinking this and I know now I think they think this of me. And now I think this is true and whatnot, but it's like. Yeah. It also just shows you like how much the noise that society is infiltrating in you. It's not even like people's judgments. It's like the belief system that you were born into or the society and environment you were born into. Like I didn't even realize, I still don't exactly know where the shame came from, but I do remember like vividly the experience of being asked if I was a vaginal birth or a C-section birth. And then her being so happy that I was vaginal birth, that my gut was better subconsciously it like came out when I had the C-section and that's what I thought of. Like that was such a minute little detail of my life. I didn't even remember it till after when I was trying to understand and diagnose where the shame came from. So not only does like the judgment and the noise from everywhere around, but it's like the belief system subconsciously that we have subscribed to. And, And we talk a lot about this in the podcast, right? Like subscribing to these like society norms and like having to do it that way because anything else is less than, but like, no. Yeah. It's all the I shoulds. Yeah. Louise Hay talks a lot about like, oh yeah, we're on a huge Louise Hay kick right now. Yeah. If you want a book that really is going to change your life, you can heal your life. Yeah. And And the power is within you, both Louise Hay. She's amazing. But yeah, I think another thing too, and I, I know you're dealing with this too, Jasmine, I think identity shifts is a big one right now. I think, so also life update, I sold Breeze, my company, two months prior to Gemma being born. And so often my identity was wrapped into like, I am the founder of Breeze. That is what I do that. But, you know, it was so much more than that, but I, I use that as like a crutch. Um, and then I sold it and I had this period of like, okay, who am I? And then I had Gemma and I'm like, okay, now I'm a mom. But really those are just like labels. Those are not my identity at all. I'm so much more than that. And I think, I feel super grateful right now to to actually have the space, having sold Breeze and not having to like deal with the fire drills of running your own company right after, you know, giving birth to your first child, that I have the space now to create and to build and to think what I want to do next and to actually explore what I want my next thing to be versus having to just have it and be like, this is what you're doing. Because again, like I've learned so much in the 13 weeks since I've had Gemma that I no longer am that woman anymore. I'm like a completely different person. And I, I want to like explore the new parts of me and let it manifest into something like beautiful, much bigger than I probably think that I can do myself. Like out of the box that society had put me in, I feel like I'm like unleashed into this like whole new realm of like possibilities to have. And it's Louise so Hay. interesting. Like, obviously it goes without saying, especially women. If you watched Barbie, you would, I mean, best movie ever. But like, I think there's obviously a level of like judgment in boxes, especially, I mean, with men too, but especially with women. But like, I even would challenge you to say, Annabelle, like something you keep saying, and I'm noticing it because I do the same thing, but it's like this box society put you in. It's like, 
you put yourself in that box. hundred percent. Like it's you, it's me. Like we're, yeah. I'm, and I think that's the whole beauty of this. Like, it's not a, but it's an, and so it's like, I'm a mom and I was a founder and I sold it and I have a podcast and I do this and, and, and like, I think we have such a scarcity mindset. Sometimes we're like, if I do this, what does that mean? And it's like, it means nothing. Like, yeah. But it's, it's like, so yes, I chose the box, but it's like the self-awareness that I'm even part of the box. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We don't even realize because it's so subconscious, it's innate. We're birthed into this like universe that runs a certain way. We never question. Yeah. Right. And like, my husband always like teaches Gemma to like question, like, why, like, why, why, why? I want her to keep asking why. I want her to be so curious. I don't want her to just subscribe to a belief because she's told to, right? And my husband and I catch ourselves saying like, oh, this is good. Or we don't want to touch this because it's bad. Like, no, like good or bad. Like, yes, we're not going to have her touch like a hot oven because she can hurt herself. But our good and bad is coming from like things that we've subscribed to, right? It's coming from preconceived notions. And I don't want her to grow up with that. I want her to experience her own world and she can decide if that's good for her or bad for her versus me saying like, you shouldn't do that, right? So I think it's so interesting. And another reason why I'm I'm learning so much about myself is because in teaching her things and showing her the world, I'm catching myself teaching it with a bias Mm -hmm. because that's my interpretation of it versus being like, this paper is white. You have your own thoughts about that. I'm not going to tell you white, you should be writing it down. That should be none. Like, you know, no, yeah. white blank paper. Like you do what you want it with It goes that. back to should versus could, yeah. right? Like you could think of it this way. And I think as adults, it's increasingly more difficult to do that. But I do think we could all be questioning everything we do and think and be like, why does it have to be this way? Or why yeah, I think it just that also draws you closer to yourself. And I think if I were to say that there's one common theme between the things that we've gone through, other than this podcast, is taking ownership for our own stuff and our own part and our in, own yeah, and our own part in creating the reality that we live in. and and on the flip side, like not internalizing what might be truthfully going on, but just being like, yeah, that person can judge me for that. but that's, that's their, their shit, thing. not mine. Nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I think perfection is another one too. That's really coming up. I think inherently, again, society teaches us that we need to do things a certain way, but we always say done is better than perfect. And I think it's important, you know, raising Gemma to see that we all have imperfections. If I trip and fall in front of her, I'm just going to be like, whoops, like mommy just got back up again. Right. Versus yeah. like, oh, like I can't believe I just fell and I broke the plate and my day is going to be a disaster from this, right? Because that teaches her like, oh, right, if I'm not perfect, then my day is going to be bad, na, 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 right? And I think it's it's really showing her that imperfection is beautiful because that's what makes us our own person, right? And like we just talked about this earlier too during lunch. It's like so often we don't start something that we're so passionate about because we're scared that it's not going to be perfect and we don't know how to do something. But it's not about like doing things the way that everyone does it or else that would just be the basic product that's still on the shelf, right? Or the basic service that's already offered. Like it's magic that we don't know how to do it because then we create our own product and we create our own thing that is unique. Yeah, if you see the like uncertainty and the not knowing as the opportunity versus the challenge, like this is, I'm going to do things a completely different way than everyone else because I don't have like the training or the knowledge or the this or the that. And to that point, 
we both turned 32 this year. And that was one of my like intentions of my 32nd year. So I was like, just think less and do more. Like done is better than perfect. Like just start creating. And that was a quote that I saw that really resonated with me like a few months ago. Like life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. And I think it's really about, like I started a Substack and I it is still very vulnerable. Every time I hit send, I'm like, oh, I'm going to send this to a bunch of people that also know me as a certain thing. And like, what if they judge me? What if there's typos? What if they're like, but it's just about kind of drowning all that out and being like, this makes me happy. I like to give recommendations. People ask me for them. I want to send them for fun. And like really about not even just quieting the noise, but quieting what you think the noise is and like your own interpretation of what's happening. and. Another thing that we talked about earlier, which I think is kind of goes hand in hand with all of this is like, if we were to, and I'll ask you the same question, Annabelle, like answer the question, like, what have we learned about fulfillment? Like we've been recording for almost a year now, which is incredible. Like we've had 40 conversations, maybe more now. Like I would say one of the biggest things I've learned is fulfillment is a choice and it's about fostering it for yourself through knowing yourself. And like this morning, even before recording, I was sort of like, uh, like tired, woke up late, blah, blah, blah. And then I had to like reframe for myself. I was like, this is something you love doing. Like going back to the inner child, like hyping her up and being like, this is amazing. Like, remember that. And like being your own best cheerleader, like completely shifted my day into like, wow, this is so cool. I get to do this and that people are enjoying it. Hopefully we'll continue to, I enjoy it. The guests enjoy it. Annabelle enjoys it. Like that's amazing. And I think that's like a huge So for me, I think actually what I've learned so much about fulfillment, fulfillment to me used to be about like chasing something. And now what I really realize it's, it's not about doing, it's about being like the most fulfilled I've ever been is literally when I was like in the hospital, having just given birth, just with Aaron, Gemma and myself like literally on million pain meds. Like, I don't know what was going on with my body. I couldn't move. Like nothing was like quote unquote perfect, but I've been so fulfilled. And even like every weekend, it's just Gemma, Aaron and I, and everyone's always like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just chilling with my trio, like so nothing. Cute. But I'm like the most fulfilled by that. And I really learned that the more I try to do then my fulfillment goes away. The more I try to get, like, I need to buy this thing or I need to go here or I need to do this. I need to take a picture of this. It takes away my fulfillment. So it's like, again, dialing back the curtains, going back to the simplistic nature of life. The simple things bring me the most joy. And instead of adding on all the extras on top, if I keep taking all of those things that I used to put on top away, that's when I'm the most fulfilled. And it seems like it's a common theme with a lot of the people and guests that we've had on about going back to simplicity of things. That's the time when they're the most fulfilled as well. And it's not about like, when I am this, I will be this. It's more about right now and the present. And that's something I'm really, my, my words are right now is present. So spending like present time with my family, my daughter, any relationships, and then peace. Like those are my two things. Like I want to feel peaceful and I want to feel present in all of my relationships, especially with myself. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think my words would be empowered, present, and playful because I feel like I, I love it. Playful is like a good one. Like I, the joy in life, sometimes we're so practical all the time and we're doing things like, because we feel like we have to, and then we 
we like suck out the joy. Yeah. Well, that was another like mantra I kind of had recently. And I like keep joking that I had a renaissance, but I kind of did. I would say like I was in a mild depression for like a year and a half or so. And like depression looks different on everyone, but I would say like kind of a buzzing underneath the surface rut, like not really sure, lacking structure. Another big lesson from these podcasts, I think, is that like striking the balance between structure and surrender and creating structure so you can have surrender and spontaneity is really important. But yeah, I think something I like keep joking in my renaissance that I had was I was like, Jazz, it's like, if you can't enjoy sitting on the couch, laughing with your boyfriend or like having a salad with Annabelle or like going on a walk with your mom. Like then the most what's be- the point? Then what's the point? And also like, you're not gonna be able to enjoy anything because those are the simple, beautiful things in life. And it's not that I had a hard time enjoying them, but I think I had a hard time being present to them because I felt like I should be doing something else or could be doing something else better, more productive, more meaningful, more capitalist. Yeah. Coming back to the present moment, I think is really a recipe for fulfillment. Also knowing it will change. So like every moment, just enjoy Enjoy it as it is. So speaking of enjoying it, this was our solo episode. We hope you enjoy it. We're going to start doing these more often and pushing ourselves to do these more often because it seems like you guys want to hear about our lives, which we are very honored that you feel that way. Um, So we're going to sprinkle them in. So stay tuned. To that point, I don't know about you, Annabelle, but I was more nervous doing this yeah, one. Yeah, same. I was like, like <laughs> I was like, wait, so what? Weird. We have I'm to like talk so about ourselves. Nervous. Yeah, now I'm like, yeah. oh god. Um, um, we'll keep doing that um, because a lot of this podcast, we want to push you to become more vulnerable and become more open and you know seize yeah. your life. And so we're doing the same. Exactly. Enough. Once you do something outside of your comfort zone, it becomes more comfortable to keep doing it. And clearly, with the anxiety we have, maybe <laughs> we are a little less comfortable doing this. So we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep do doing. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.